and welcome to episode 33 of the Knit Actually podcast. My name is Becky, and I'll be your host. Today's segments include Actually Finished, Actually Working, Actually Hand-Dyed, and an update on knit-alongs and giveaways. I have two reviews, you guys, that I'm going to do over the course of the episode as well, but I'm going to just fit them into the regular segments instead of trying to pull the reviews out as a separate segment. Actually finished. I am very excited to announce that I have a beautiful finished object this week. So I finished my True Cardigan by Hoagie Locatelli. This is a pattern that I have been working on since last May. So it was on my needles for almost 11 months, off and on for sure. I made a couple of major mistakes um, in knitting this one that I had to rip back. Despite the fact that it's a quite simple pattern, um, I made a couple of major mistakes in the knitting of it. So this, uh, the pattern again is Hohi Locatelli. Um, I was knitting this with uh, Madeline Tosh Long Rider DK in the Raspberry Cordial colorway. It's a beautiful purple based colorway, dark purple with some dark blues and pinks uh, mixed into it and it is lovely. And I knew from the minute I started this particular sweater that it was going to be a favorite of mine um, to wear and so I was not wrong. <laughs> it's cold here in Colorado. It's been cold for over a week. It's May 1st today and um, we've had snow off and on. Thankfully nothing has stuck but it has been snowing off and on really this whole week. So the good news is I finished the sweater about a week and a half ago and I've already worn it three or four times. It really makes the very perfect um, coat for just you know, crazy Colorado weather. So we have, uh, this will be a three season garment for me easily. Um, I, I will probably occasionally even be able to wear it in the summer if I'm up at my parents' house in the mountains. Um, and you know, fall, winter, spring, we have wild weather here. And so anytime it's 40, 50 degrees, I'm going to be able to wear this. And it's, it's beautiful. It has pockets, which is really nice. And it's got a really beautiful drapey front and it's very, very long. So this was another garment, you guys, as I finished it, I was really happy with it. I was really happy with the way that it came together, tried it on, could have worn it like that, um, did the right thing and blocked it. And I have to say, there is nothing, there are two things that I really, really, really love in terms of transformation of either a knitted object or yarn. And that is, I love to reskein yarn that I have dyed, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, and I love a well-blocked garment. So I blocked this one. Like I said, I was really, really anxious to wear it. I was having dinner with a friend from high school a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was going to be chilly the night that we were going out, so I was like, oh, this will be the perfect thing. And so I soaked it um, in my Allure um, fiber wash from Bijou Basin Ranch, and so that was another thing that was really interesting was quite a bit of dye came off the sweater when I soaked it. Um, I knew that that was going to happen because as I was weaving in ends and doing a little bit of the last bit of knitting, my fingers were turning blue from the yarn. So that was surprising um, from a metal and tosh yarn, frankly. And then it lost quite a bit of color into the sink when I blocked it. And it was very interesting because the color that it lost seemed kind of um, more of a turquoise than certainly you see anywhere in the yarn. So that was very interesting. I, I was going to take a picture of the water, but I don't think I did. So I don't have that to share, but that was very interesting. Anyways, then I laid the sweater out basically over a heat vent so that it would dry quickly because it was cold and wet here and I couldn't put it outside to dry in the sun. 
Um, and I love it. I mean, it really, it changed the whole drape of the sweater. It changed the fabric. It just transformed it. And so it's very warm yet lightweight and drapey. And I am thrilled with the finished garment. So um, I know some people think the blocking is scary. I think the blocking is magic. And this sweater in particular, it just it just transformed it. And it's the most lovely garment. And, I, and it is by far right this minute, my favorite, favorite, favorite sweater. And I am pretty infatuated with a couple of my sweaters right now, but this one is top of the list. So I was so excited to get to tell you guys about this one. And, um, you know, Hohi Locatelli is a genius. That's pretty much my take on that one. Actually working. I have a couple of fun things on the needles this week, you guys. Some of them are repeats and one of them is new. Um, but I am still working on my Peeping Cowl by Hoagie Locatelli. So it's another another episode with a lot of Hoagie Locatelli, but that's okay. Um, so this is uh, her new cowl from the Interpretations 3 collection. A lot of people knit the three-color cashmere cowl um, last year, and so this was her new take on that. It is four colors, and I really am enjoying the knitting of this. So I am on section six out of eight, and basically the way that the pattern, you can see it, when you look at the pictures, there's a pattern that is a solid color with some texture, and then she does stripes, and then a different solid color with the texture and then stripes. And so I have done um, three of the four textured sections, and now I am working on the third striping section. I'm really enjoying this. So I dyed up the yarn that I am using, and I used the, the four colors I chose were Caribbean blue, chartreuse, um, Silver gray, it's a dark silver gray, and then brilliant blue. Those are my four colors. And so I've already done the, the Caribbean blue section, the chartreuse section, and the brilliant blue. And now the section that I'm striping right now is really pretty. It is the Caribbean blue, the silver gray, and the brilliant blue. It's really, really pretty. And um, all I have left to do is the textured section, which I believe is one more cabled section. Um, in the silver gray, and then one more section of stripes, and then the the ribbing and bind off. So I am really happy with how this is turning out. I was worried about the chartreuse. I think I talked about this last time, and I kind of think it's really a great pop of color. It's a very long um, tube, this cowl, again, because it's eight sections, and, and especially I think after I block it, it'll be quite long. So I know that when I wear it, um, not a ton of that chartreuse is going to show, and so I, I think it's really cool. I'm really quite um, happy with how this is turning out. So my plan, I think I'll talk a little bit to hear about my plans for Stash Dash. So I am not um, not throwing down any gauntlets with anybody for Stash Dash or anything crazy like that, but I am really going to challenge myself. Last year, I had all these things on the needles, and then the minute Stash Dash started, I was like distracted. I was like a moth or something flitting around and casting on new things. So this year I am going to try to have a little bit of a better strategy. So um, I think Stash Dash starts on May 27th. I will definitely, I definitely could be done with this long before that, but I think I will leave, I think you have to knit like one round and the bind off kind of thing. So I'm going to leave this to, to be bound off um, after the end of Stash Dash or after the beginning of Stash Dash. Duh. And um and let this count as hopefully my very first finished object, but I'm super happy with it. Um, I can see myself throwing this one on all the time. I love my three color cashmere cowl. 
So that one's going to be a lot of fun. So the other things that I'm going, the next project that's on my needles that I will also probably, um, probably be close to finished with, hopefully will be close to finished with, um, in time for Stash Dash, is my Spectrum Shawl. So that's another Hohi Locatelli. This one is from her Authentic Collection. And I am knitting that with some Knit Picks, um, Charcoal Gray in their Stroll Shimmer Base. That's the color A, which is the, the smaller section of the Spectrum Shawl. So the Spectrum Shawl is two colors, and it starts at one end with kind of a base color, and then you start to do little chevrons, and it works its way to more and more and more of your contrasting color. And my contrasting color is Hedgehog Fiber Sock in the Villain colorway, which is a gorgeous... Um, orange and green and pink and I'm obsessed with it and I love it and so I think I think that is also eight sections and I believe I'm also in section five of that so I'm really getting to the point where I am starting to um starting to really have more, much more orange than gray and I'm enjoying the knitting of that a lot I didn't get as much done on that this week as I did um the week before but it's coming along and so again I think that it will be um, ready to be bound off in time for stash dash so that's my second planned object for stash dash then I have a whole bunch of socks on the needles I'm not going to talk socks right now but um, my goal is to get to a point where all of the socks that are currently on my needles during the course of stash dash will just need heels and that I can just kind of go on a little bit of a heel binge and then boom, five pairs of socks done. So that will be quite a bit of yardage as well. And then, very excited. This is gonna be my vacation knitting for sure. Um, as I get closer, my trip's still a ways off, but as I get closer to my trip and I start to think about the things that I am bringing, being away from mustache is starting to make me a little uncomfortable. But I have a beautiful project planned for my vacation. So um, I think I talked about this in the last episode. I am going to knit The Doodler by Stephen West. This was a mystery knit along that came out in November 2015. And it's a shawl. Um, and it, at the time, they were clues. And so you got different clues and you could work along it and everybody, it was all over social media, everybody was working on it. It was beautiful, beautiful different color combinations that people have done with their doodlers. So um, I have a sock blank that I dyed with the kids at Easter time. They thought I was nuts, but I dyed it with the leftover Easter egg dye. Um, and it's really pretty purple and pink and like a robin's egg blue. We got the neon whatever, pause kit or something this time. And their eggs were so pretty. And I was like, oh, I really want to dye some yarn with that. So it's a sparkle sock blank too. Um, and then I was looking for something really special to do with that. And I decided to make it the basis of my doodler. So that'll be color A. And then color B, the way that the doodler, you can see it in the pictures, um, there's like a color that is probably like the center of the shawl. And then these little lines come down on a diagonal um, across that section. And then all along the bottom, there's, a, I think it's cables. I have not really, I've printed out the pattern, but I haven't really looked at it that much. So color B, which would be those diagonal lines. I had some uh, Manostel Uruguay um, Allegria in the Agave colorway. And so it is black, 
And then it's got basically those same colors from my sock blanket. It's got some turquoise, it's got some pink, it's got some purple. It's really pretty. And so I'm going to use that as color B. And then I went stash diving and it, I really kind of went back and forth. I posted some pictures on Instagram and got some opinions and things like that. Um, and so the third color that I'm going to use is um, I have some Numa Numa Panna Sock. Got this from Eat Sleep Knit a couple of years ago. And the colorway is called Blueberry Sorbet. It's a really pretty um, purpley blue. And I think it's going to look gorgeous. So that's going to be my vacation knitting. Um, I think you use pretty close to 1,200 yards in that pattern. And so I'm expecting to use up most of those three skeins of yarn. And so that'll be pretty good yardage for Stash Dash. Um, I will be bringing at least three pairs of socks on vacation with me. Um, just, you know, for safety. <laughs> and then I am also, I think what I'm going to bring... I, I had decided I wanted to bring a fingering weight sweater. What I think I'm going to bring is my Austin hoodie, which is a sweater I've had on the needles for quite a long time, but it's a really cute fingering weight hoodie cardigan. And it is Madeline Tosh, Tosh Mo Light, which is their mohair blend. Um, it's a single, and mine is in a color called Scratched Record, which is a beautiful dark gray. So those are my plans so far for Stash Dash. I, I feel like in my imagination, that gets me through the end of June. Um, and then there will be plenty more knitting time after my trip. And I have other things that I want to that I wanna work on through the summer once I get home. But like I said, um, as I'm planning for this, this big fun trip, um, I just want to make sure I have plenty of knitting with me. So those are my plans. Those are the things that are on my needles. Um, the one other thing... So this will not be a stash dash um, kind of entry is I am working on a little shawl for my mom for Mother's Day. And that's where I'm going to get into the first of these reviews. So I am knitting um, a shawl for my mom for Mother's Day out of Kramer Yarns Belfast. And this was sent to me for review by Stitchcraft Marketing. Um, I talked about it in the last episode and I... Um, asked for some suggestions on things that maybe I could do with this. It is a cotton, linen, rayon, and acrylic blend. Gosh, that's what it says on Ravelry. I think if I had the band in front of me, I want to say there's a little bit of silk in it as well. But it was a really interesting um, blend, and they had asked me, you know, what I was interested in in reviewing of any of the Kramer yarns, and so... Um, so this was the one I picked because it was such an interesting blend of fibers. And I just picked a color called linen. So it's just a plain white. Now I would say that if I had it to do again, I would have picked a color um, just because I don't really ever knit with um, white. And even like their gray, it's, it's really pretty. So missed opportunity there by me. Um, but I had asked for... Um, suggestions on a pattern and the pattern that I ended up picking was called dangling conversation and this is a um, a really simple shawl the pattern is really very um, easy to memorize but it's my first um, my first time trying beads so I had put um, a question out to ask people 
um, you know, for suggestions. And I did get a great suggestion of this pattern from Photo Knit Gal, who is Robbie. And so thank you, Robbie, for that. I really appreciate your suggestion. Um, and then the pattern calls for beads. So again, I have never tried knitting with beads. I, I almost took a knitting with beads class at Yarnfest um, in 2015. And then I got in, I got off the wait list for War and Peace Socks with Kate Atherley. So I ended up not taking that class. And I had just never circled back and, and learned how to do anything with beads. So Laura Nelkin does a lot of great beaded patterns. And she has a couple of great tutorials. And I, I think I saw a little video on Instagram one day um, where she was showing a little bit of her techniques, uh, different techniques for beads. And she showed both the crochet hook method of adding a bead to your knitting and then the um, super floss. So super floss is dental floss that's meant to be used around a dental appliance. So like if you had braces or whatever, it's sharp and plasticky on one end. And then it's like a long strand of dental floss. So like I had bought some when I was going to take this class and I just had it sitting up here in, um, in my little room. And I had some beads left over from um, making the little stitch markers that I made for Knit Nosh. So the beads are really pretty. They're kind of a, a pale blue, um, and they look really nice against the, the ivory color of the yarn. And I have to say, I will link to this Laura Nelkin tutorial if you have not tried knitting with beads before. Um, it's really not as scary as I thought it was going to be. It, I always guess I thought it was very complicated to do, and it really hasn't been at all. I do think that over time I would get better. So a couple of things about the yarn. Um, it's a DK weight. When I first was looking at it, I was like, I don't know if I believe that this is a DK. It felt more like a fingering. I think in reality it is just that it is it's a little thick, thin, so it's definitely got some little thicker sections and some thinner sections, um, which has been a little bit tricky sometimes with the beads, because if I happen to be at a point where I need to add a bead and I'm also at a thick section of the yarn, yarn I have to kind of fill with it a little bit. Um, and, of course, I'm just using, like, cheapo beads from Michaels, so they're not always drilled consistently either. Um, but it's turning out really cute, and it's... The pattern, um, the pattern has various options. So I just have 220 yards of the yarn from the sample that I was given. And I think that's going to be fine to do the small version of the shawl. Um, there is a larger version. And I think there's a knit-along going on. So let me, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm a little bit scattered. Um, I'm looking for the pattern. Here it is. So... The pattern is by a designer named Mindy Ross, and that's the other thing is I think there's a knit-along. There's a knit-along in her group right now, so if you're interested in that, you could certainly do that as well. But there are different varieties, and it really just depends on how much um, you decide you want to repeat two little sections. So there's a small version um, that uses 130 beads and a larger version that uses 280 beads, so this one... I don't know, it says it's going to be 68 inches by 13 inches at the center point. So it's still pretty pretty good for as small an amount of yarn as I am using. And I'm really pretty excited. Again, it's very variable. So this small version said um, 246 yards. You could use a larger version for 300 yards. 
or there's an extra large version for 460 yards. And um, you could do it in any size needle from a size four up to a size nine. So gauge kind of doesn't matter um, in this one as well. So I am enjoying the knitting. I am feeling pretty confident that I'll have this done for Mother's Day. I'm gonna be very interested to see how the yarn blocks up because again, I don't, I don't knit with a lot of cotton. It's part of the reason I picked this to review. Um, and I am hopeful that um, that blocking this will even out my stitches just the way my stitches even out when I block wool. So that'll be an interesting test as well. I have to say that I would definitely give this yarn um, a thumbs up. Uh, my mom does not love to wear wool, especially around her neck. And so this is a nice alternative um, for her. It's very, very pretty. It's very lightweight. Um, and it's knitting up really nicely, so I think it'll be perfect for her. So if you have people in your life who have um, sensitivities or allergies or whatever to wool, then this might make a very nice um, alternative if you're looking for a lightweight summer knit. So again, that is um, Kramer Yard's Belfast. And I do have a skein of this to give away. I think I'm going to go ahead and hold on to it for a prize in the Summer Superlatives Knit Along. So... Um, I think we'll just go ahead and make that official and call that one of the knit along prizes. So that's everything that's on my needles right now. Actually hand dyed. I have a really exciting segment for you guys this time um, with regards to hand dyed. I reached out to Craftsy and I was able to get a review copy of their new class which is called Professional Yarn Dyeing at Home and that's with Sarah Eyre. So Sarah is um, the dyer who used to have the yarn brand cephalopod yarns. Um, you can go out and check on her website. She is no longer um, operating cephalopod and when they closed there were a lot of people, I think they've been closed for two years now, but a lot of people were really very sad and um, she had to, to close her business due to some health concerns. So all of that is available on her website. I'm not going to go into the, the whole story. But when I saw the class listed. I was super excited. I reached out to Craftsy to see if I could get a review copy and they were generous enough to provide me with one. And I know that the the dyeing stuff is something that you guys are all pretty interested in in terms of content on the podcast. So I, um, I did watch the whole class um, and I have to say I thought it was a really, really good one. Sarah is um, really quite gifted with the yarn and she does a really good job of explaining um, a lot of the things that um, that she does to come up with some of her really beautiful colorways. So I'm going to talk a little bit first about what you would need um, in order to do the class, and then I'll talk a little bit about the sections of the class, and then I'll tell you guys a little bit about what um, I did to test it out, because you guys know I like to test the things that I review for you. So one of the things she talks about right up front is sort of the materials and things that you will need. Um, really, there's not a lot that you would need. If you wanted to get this class and test it out, my recommendation would be a lot of her recipes call for two skeins of yarn. Um, actually, I think in the written recipes, it's a pound of fiber, which is usually four skeins of yarn. Um, you can get undyed fiber from wool to dye for. Knitpicks has undyed fiber. And also... Um, Dharma Trading Company has um, stuff. So if you wanted to really kind of throw yourself into testing a bunch of the different things that she does here, one of the neat things is she um, 
she bases a lot of the recipes that she shows you on just three different colors, and that's a magenta, a yellow, and a Caribbean blue or a cyan. And so that way you can do a lot of different things of the rainbow just by blending those three colors together so that there's not a huge investment for you in like, oh, I bought 47 colors worth of dye. Um, you could certainly buy those three colors of dye and maybe buy yourself a bag of, like, well, to dye for it's a bag of like 10 skeins of yarn. And then you could really try a bunch of these different things. She does a solid, a semi-solid, a variegated, and a speckled in the class. And you would have enough. You would need some things that you would never, ever, 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 ever use for food again. Um, you need a particulate mask. I have a really big, like, respiratory thing that I use that I bought on Amazon for, I don't know, $12 or something. It wasn't very much. Um, she had just one of those very simple masks, you know, kind of like surgical mask looking, like you might use if you were sanding furniture or something. Um, and then... You would need a pot. She uses a really large stock pot and then also like a turkey roasting pot um, or pan. Um, so you would need a pot that you would never use for food again. She uses a plastic spoon, some whisks, and a Pyrex. And so the way that she does it, definitely different techniques than, um, than what I've seen in a couple of the books that I've used and also different techniques than I used in Fancy Tiger when I took that class. Um, but I thought it was really fun, and I was able to dig through my pantry and come up with a plastic spoon I'm not going to use anymore. And I was at Ikea the other night, and so I bought a couple of inexpensive whisks, and I took a Pyrex, um, my largest Pyrex, from my um, kitchen cabinet, and I converted it into a dying Pyrex. So, um, so anyways, you would not need to invest a lot. Those are all things that you could certainly find at a thrift store or go through your own kitchen and figure out. Um and so if this is something that interests you, even if you bought 10 skeins of yarn, I think you could probably still do all of this for under $100, which is really, really pretty reasonable when you think about what hand-dyed yarn costs you. Um, she does a little, couple of little different things than how I've done things or seen things done before. She does not wear um, gloves, and I always wear gloves because I don't want to walk around with... Um, colorful hands. So um, the preparation pieces of the class are all really good. And then she talks quite a bit about how to prep the yarn for dyeing. Um, she does a really good show job showing you sort of how to tie the skeins so that they won't tangle. One of the interesting things that she makes a point about quite a bit is trying to make sure that the in the pot the fiber is not going to tangle and some tricks for how to do that. So that's pretty good because she talks about wet fiber being easier to untangle than dry fiber. Um, and then there is a section on dyeing solid colors. Um, so that was pretty good. And then she gets into the different sections. She talks about different types of wool. So there's a section that talks about um, wool silk blends and things you have to do differently there. And then one with farm wool. So she talks at the beginning about superwash and how superwash is great for beginners because you don't have to worry as much about felting. Um, and then, let's see, she does a beautiful example of dyeing semi-solids. So this is one of the ones that I um, went ahead and tested out. When you buy the class from Craftsy, there are a, um, a whole set of recipes that she um, puts in there. So the solid colorways, she does just two of those, and then semi-solids, there are 
four different ones. I'm definitely going to test another one of these too, but the one that I tested is a color called Purple Soldier Fly, and basically um, it's a veil technique is what she refers to it as, and it's a layered dyeing. And so I've never tried anything like this. I've certainly done some variegated when I've hand-painted some yarns, but I have not ever tried um, a semi-solid that use layers of different colors. So this was really cool. The recipe as it's written calls for three different purples. I did not have the same purples that she um, called for, but I used a deep magenta, which actually is one of the ones from the recipes. And then I used um, royal purple and purple pop. And so um, really very clear instructions. I did watch the class start to finish then I watched just this segment of the class um, before I got ready to do the dyeing, and then I had it on while I was doing the techniques just to make sure that it came out um, the way that I wanted it to, and I was really very happy with it. The yarn is outside drying right now. It's cold and wet today, so it's probably going to be a couple of days before I can really see how it looks dry and then skein it back up um, so that I can see the final result, but I... At first glance, I am very happy with how this yarn looks. It's really a fun um, way of doing it. I think that you could really have a lot of fun with different colors and different variations and things like that that you'd like to do. Um, and so this is a technique I will definitely, definitely try again, and I would definitely recommend. She does then go through speckles, and there are recipes in here for three different speckled yarns, and then variegated, there are three different variegated yarns. And again, two of them are still just that um, Brilliant Yellow, Deep Magenta, and Caribbean Blue. And she's got two different variegated colorways here. So that's kind of cool. Um, it really is all about, you know, the different ways that you layer the yarns. So, or layer the colors, sorry, not layer the yarns. So I um, would definitely give this class a wholehearted um, thumbs up review for sure. If you have any interest in hand dyeing at all, it really would be a great place to start. I wanted to kind of look at, let's see, there are six different lessons, and they run anywhere from, one of them is only 12 minutes, but one of them is 27 minutes long, so it's probably a two-hour class. It's not a super long class, but it's it's pretty neat because you do get to do um, a lot of different things, and like I said, I think you could set yourself up with the equipment that you'd need to accomplish these things for a pretty moderate investment. And so if it's something you've been wanting to try, if it's something you think you'd enjoy, um, I would say go for it. I think it could be a really fun way to jump in and get started. And so when my yarn is dry and reskeined, because that is my other favorite transformation is to reskein some hand-dyed yarn and see how it turns out, I will absolutely post pictures of that on Instagram and also um, in the show notes and I did post a picture of the wet yarn um, out in the actually hand dyed section of the Ravelry group. So take a look and if you guys um, decide to try this class I can't wait to see how your experiments with hand dyeing turn out and I would love to hear um, your results and your thoughts on the class and everything like that. So have fun. Actually connecting. I had a couple of fun things to talk about this time, you guys. The first of which was I was invited to guest on another podcast. So that was very, very cool. Um, there is a podcast, audio podcast, called Stand Curious that is all about um, hobbies and different things that people um, might like to explore with their free time. There's an episode 
for example, on um, writing a novel, and I think there's one about photography, and there's just all these different, um, the woman, Fran, who hosts the podcast, will just go and interview people about their various hobbies, and then um, puts it together in this podcast called Stand Curious. So um, she and I did a Skype interview a couple of weeks ago, and she was lovely, and it was really um, a lot of fun. She has just a little, you know, little background in knitting. She, um, I think knit as a child or, you know, as a, as a younger adult. And so she knows how to knit, um, but really didn't know a ton about, um, about knitting and Ravelry and things like that. So her, um, episode went live the other day. It's episode seven of her podcast and that is Stand Curious. And so if you guys want to go check that out, um, it was really fun. And like I said, some of her other topics seem really, really interesting as well. So that was kind of cool. Um, other than that, I have not had a lot of time for knitting dates or things like that. My son is quickly approaching the testing for his black belt, which is amazing and yet nerve wracking and terrifying. So he, um, he is, Less than a week away from his fitness test, which will involve um, 100 push-ups in three minutes, 100 sit-ups in three minutes, 100 kicks on a punching bag, standing punching bag, um, with each leg, and those have to be done in 60 seconds, although he, he's really, really good at that one. Um, and then he has to go out and run a um, three miles in 30 minutes, which it sounds, you know, for people who run, I think is not that fast, but for a kid and a kid who um, who's not like a track kid you know he doesn't run track or anything um it'll be a push for him so if you want to send some positive vibes his way I would appreciate that if we can get through next Saturday and get through this fitness test and the rest of his testing which is also very intense will be more in line with his training and I think he's going to do amazing he has to do a 10 minute sparring test which is um every one minute he gets a fresh partner and yes so it's 10 one minute rounds so basically sparring 10 people for one minute each and then he has to do a curriculum test so he's been studying for five years to um, get his black belt and he has to review all of that curriculum in one day but he's great at his curriculum so I'm not worried about that but um, to bring that back to knitting uh, there are two other students in the black belt program with him and the other mom it's twins twin girls um, are the other two students and so the other mom is a dear friend and also a knitter and so we sit and knit and watch them do their black belt class every Thursday so that's um really it for connections this time but I um I think I have a couple more fun knitting things coming up before I leave on my trip actually attending I have a few updates um about events and things that I just wanted to talk about quickly not anything coming up any anytime too soon um, but I do have a meeting tomorrow to talk about the next round of Knit Nosh. So I have some really fun ideas about ways to um, improve that and ways to make some changes to um, include all of you guys who listen but maybe don't live nearby and can't get here, um, you know, for Knit Nosh itself. So stay tuned because I think there's some really fun stuff um, coming out about that very soon. A um, couple of things here in Colorado that I wanted to make sure that I um, that I uh, talked about. The Estes Wool Market is in June. That's in Estes Park, Colorado. It's usually the second weekend in June. I will not be in Colorado that weekend, so I will not be attending. 
But I went last year for the first time, and Estes is a beautiful place to spend a weekend. And the wool market was a lot of fun, so I highly recommend that one. Um, and then the other thing um, that is coming up is there are some really fun um, yarn crawls here in Colorado in the August time frame. So Hot August Knits is uh, the first one. That one is for sort of the northern Colorado yarn shops, um, including the Longmont Yarn Shop, which is my local yarn store. Um, but last year, I didn't, I didn't get to this at all, and uh, since then have gone and explored some of the other northern Colorado yarn shops, including My Sister Knits and the Loopy U, and they are both amazing. <laughs> and so if you are local to Colorado and you are looking for something um, fun to do, it looks like July 30th to August 13th are the... Um, the dates for that one, and that'll be, again, like the Longmont, Loveland, Fort Collins, and I believe all the way up to Cowboy Yarns, which is in Casper, Wyoming, so that would be that one, and then Yarn Along the Rockies, I think, picks up right when that one ends and runs through August 27th, and so that would be the Boulder, Denver, Colorado Springs um, shops last year that I went to Stash Castle Rock, and they are closing, and so that is a giant bummer. Um, but that one does go all the way south to Colorado Springs. And then I was looking to see if I could find the dates for the Salida Fiber Festival, because that was another thing that I really enjoyed last summer. Um, that was in September, and the website does not have the 2016 dates yet, so I'll keep you guys posted on that one. Um, the other thing that I am still working out to try to figure out if I can attend is Rhinebeck, so that would be very exciting as well. But those are the things that I am planning to attend in the coming months. Knit-alongs and giveaways. I wanted to just talk a little bit today about knit-alongs and giveaways. The um, prizes for all but one person, I got one last address this week, but all the knit-nosh prizes went in the mail um, yesterday, so that would have been April 30th. So if you are a knit-nosh winner and you're expecting a package from me, I'm hoping that you'll have it by the middle of this week since everybody that won was local. Um, I do have one more package to go out, um, and I'll try to get to that the middle of this week. Um, and so that is, um, that puts a bow on that one. That one's all wrapped up. So the next thing that we have going on in the group is the Summer Superlatives Knit Along. I did open a chatter thread, so if you guys are interested in going out there and talking about that one, there is a thread open in the Ravelry group. Um, this will be very low-key. It will run from... Um, June through September, and really anything goes. It's just kind of a fun way to talk about the different things that you might um, be knitting on um, during the summer months. So I will set up a series of threads with fun ideas um, for the knit along. I was kind of thinking about things like uh, best knitting on the road and... Um, best use of sponsor yarn and best use of your stash and best yarn acquisition and best in class for anything else that doesn't fit. Works in progress will count. Um, you can double dip with any other knit along that you might be doing. Um, and it'll just, again, be a fun way to kind of share the things that we are working on um, this summer. So if you're interested in sponsoring the knit along, please do let me know. I am on the hunt for some great sponsorships for the knit along. I am going to throw that skein of Kramer yarns into the mix. I have a skein of Kramer yarns 
um, some mohair. It's a lace weight yarn that I think I'm going to go ahead and throw in the mix. I got that at Yarnfest. And then I'm not sure that I'm going to be willing to part with this purple soldier fly that I dyed today, but I might dig through my stash for a couple of skeins of um, the yarn that I have hand dyed. Um, and I have a couple of other little goodies. I have some stitch markers and things like that, but I think I'm going to throw into the mix. So, um, keep an eye on the chatter thread. I will start to post sponsorships. I did have somebody reach out to me. Gosh, I don't want to forget about that. Um, Yumi Yumi Designs. I want to look up the person's first name, but she's got, um, some beautiful new patterns and some great new patterns that will be coming out really soon. I'm sorry, Yumi Yarns. And, um, and she has offered, um, up some patterns as prizes as well. And that's Shanna. So, or Shana, Shana, thank you very, very much. So Yumi Yarns, check her out. Um, she's got a whole bunch of new patterns on the way and she's willing to share some of those with you guys as prizes for the knit along. So that is the update on, um, all of those things. And I think that's it for the episode. If you guys want to connect, the best places to find me are on um, Instagram and Twitter as knitactuallypodcast. I do have a Facebook page for the podcast as well. The Ravelry group is growing all the time, and so that's just the Knit Actually Podcast Ravelry group. And you can always find show notes for the episode um, at knitactuallypodcast.com. So thank you guys for listening and for hanging out with me today. And until next time, happy knitting. <laughs>